to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast, <clears throat> brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Dr. Bill Kanaski with another solo podcast for you. And today we're going to go over the bad word list. This is a list of words that I uh, give all of my witnesses because these are bad words. These are words that in everyday life may be okay, but if they're if they're located in questions during deposition or trial, these are bad words. These are red flag words that uh, better have your uh, radar on full blast because if these words are in the question and you and the witness ends up saying yes uh, to these words, uh, we're going to be in trouble because these are pretty extreme words. And there's some obvious ones in there, but I've created a list. We'll kind of go over this list. Uh, always and never. Yeah. Always and never. If th those are bad words, those are bad words. Uh, in everyday life, not very bad words, but they are, they are bad words during deposition testimony. If these words come up, uh, you always do this, you never do that. Uh, those are traps. Those are traps. A lot of reptile questions uh, have these particular words. It's kind of like an anti-reptile word list because it's not just, you know, watch out for the word safety or danger, or risk, or harm. Yeah, those are bad words. Everybody knows those. But there's also other bad words that we really need to be aware of, and this is a list that you should probably jot down. But if we do witness training together, I'm certainly, I have a slide, and I'm reading right from the slide. I will show this to your witness, and your witness can write it down. So we have always and never. Uh, must and should. Must and should. Again, very extreme words. Uh, you must do X or you should do Y, you know, you say that you're pretty much locked in. And so what these words uh, will do is they pretty much eliminate things like uh, judgment, uh, circumstances, situations, right? Training, experience, <laughs> uh, and no job. Is there a must, should, always, never list because the circumstances are what can dictate appropriate conduct not this is this is kind of where your policies and procedures get you in a lot of trouble we've talked about that on the podcast your clients policies and procedures get yeah, the language in there can really hang your employees out to dry uh, in a litigation environment and so those need to be authored very carefully because the employees have to have judgment right depending on situations and if you essentially give your employees a rule book uh, there's no judgment there. Uh, it's just like following a recipe. Uh, and there's no, um, there's no ability to be flexible based on circumstances. So these words, very, very bad. Uh, two more. Uh, let's actually, let's, let's, let's group of three right here. Required, obligated, and duty. You're required to do X, correct? Then you can mix these in, right? Mix a couple of these. You're always required to do x oh that's a double doozy right there big red flag okay you cannot say yes to questions that have bad words in them because then you're locked in i mean required obligated got obligated is worse than required bad word bad word uh duty you have a duty to do x correct well <laughs> Again, if this stuff if this stuff is in your policies and procedures, you're in big trouble because then you're gonna have to agree with it. But again, bad words that you have to watch out for. Uh, 
two more. Uh, insure and guarantee. Wow, those are extreme. You'd agree with me that your company has to insure the safety of others. Insure? No. No, guarantee is even worse, right? Guarantee is even, is even worse. So insure and guarantee, bad words. These words pop up in a question. The answer cannot be yes, because it's really not the truthful answer. I mean, what in life is guaranteed? Nothing. You hear these commercials on TV or the radio or podcasts. Your money back guaranteed. Bullshit. 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 <laughs> Your money back guaranteed. My ass. <clears throat> Go try that one. I've tried it before. <clears throat> they're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna fight you on that. Uh, here's here's a good list right here. Every everything every and everything bad words okay way too broad all-encompassing just too extreme all all is a bad word all and every synonymous right all again these are trap these are trap words words designed to trap witnesses and again it takes away judgment it takes away circumstances bad 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 uh, anything, any and so we have every and everything. Then we have any and anything. <clears throat> Again, way way too broad, all encompassing, and it's just not. It's just it's these are very idealistic words, right? It's like saying you know, you'd do anything for your family, right? Of course, everybody wants. Well, yeah, of course, they're my family. I love them. I'd do anything. Well, no, you no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Would you sell meth for your family? I don't, I don't. I would hope not. Okay, there are there are limitations there, so don't get going agreeing to anything. <laughs> okay. Um, then you got the common ones we already mentioned, right? Risk, danger, harm, safety. Risk, danger, harm, safety. Uh, those are your, like your classic reptile words, but these other words are really reptile words as well. They're just not really as advertised as the risk, danger, safety, harm. But those are the obvious ones. But we have some other ones in here. Now, here's, the, here's, a, here's a really sneaky one. Well-being. Well-being. This is one, this is one's being replaced for safety. So uh, you'd agree with me, your company, you know, always puts the safety of its employees first. That's like your classic reptile question. But if the witness is ready for the word safety, then the attorney can say, well, you would agree with me that the company is required to put the well-being of their employees or their customers or their clients as a top priority, right? Well-being is a, as a synonym for safety. Uh, means the same thing. So you have to be careful uh, for that word. Uh, another word I just mentioned, a priority. I hate the word priority. And God, this isn't everybody's policies and procedures. Our top priority, is, it's like, no, 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 no. Priorities change. Priorities change daily, hourly, sometimes by the minute, based on what the circumstances. That's why you never say safety is the top priority, because it's not. It's not. It's important. It's not the top priority. Remember, you have values, you have goals, factors that you consider, but nothing in any 
industry is always number one. It's not. It sounds really good. We, we've had podcasts about that. Give speeches on that topic. So be careful with that word priority. Not good. If it's a company value, great. Company goal, fantastic. It's important to the company. Hallelujah. It's not the top priority. Then you put top priority. Ugh, even worse. Uh, other words, other bad word uh, lists. Here we go. Um, important. Okay, you have to be careful. What does that mean, important, right? That's okay if something's important. But if they say, okay, so start most, what about most? Most important, right? We're back to that kind of list, that priority list. Well, something is mo more important or most important. Nah, it's important, yes. But you're looking for that word before that. Is it more or most important? Be careful with that. If you say yes to that, then you are stuck with it. Um, prevent. Prevent. It's your job to prevent X. Well, maybe a goal, right? Maybe a goal. However, however, um, it may not always be possible. Maybe a goal. But now you start putting these words together. You want to always prevent accidents, right? Or you are required or obligated to do everything you can to prevent an accident. I mean, now, we, now we're combining three or four of these words in one question. And that's what typically happens is you'll see two to four of these words in one question. And the witness brain needs to be trained to deal with these words, to identify them and go, aha, <clears throat> this is a trap. Because if I say yes to this, I am totally locked in. <clears throat> and now we got some favorites here when it comes to standard of care, liability, words like deviate, breach, violate. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Yeah, those words come up. You better say no. You better not say yes to the breach, violate, ugh. bad, 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 deviate. <clears throat> these are bad words in litigation. And the witness needs to know these things. See, the, the brain is not really wired to see those words as bad. None of these. I mean, the bad word list. We, we use a lot of those words every day. All, every, anything, right? Must, should. I mean, we always use those words. But in testimony, it's going to lock the witness into an inflexible position. And everything else doesn't matter. And that's how you get reptiled. You say, you say yes to those questions, you're going to get reptiled. Because then after that, they're going to go right to the case facts. Okay, well, let's see if, you know, since you just said you always have to do X, let's see what happened in this case. And then the case facts come out. Then the hypocrisy sets in. And then you, my friend, have been reptiled. Not good. Now, I would never just give you the bad word list. Let's go to the good word list. So when your witness rejects the bad words and says, no, I disagree. Or not, that's not necessarily true, right? They're going to get challenged. Well, if that's not how it works, how does it work? How would you describe it? Here's the good word list. These are words that your witness can use over and over and over again, and they can use multiple of these words in deposition. Now, here's the great thing about these words. A, highly effective, but B, and even more importantly, truth, they're truthful. Okay. Words like judgment. <laughs> There's no always never list. I use my judgment. Okay. Training, experience, 
judgment, training, experience. These are really good words for witnesses. Two obvious ones, appropriate and reasonable. What is my job? My job is to do what's appropriate, what's reasonable. Another great, sufficient. Job is not to do everything. Job is to do what's sufficient. And then my two favorite words, circumstances and situation, because it's all dependent upon that. Well, there you go. Depends. Depends on what? The circumstances, the situation. That's what drives you to do what's appropriate and reasonable and sufficient. So the witness needs to start making sentences with these words, because again, A, effective. B, it's the truth. So everybody does their job. None of this always never stuff. Other great middle of the road words. Because remember, the attorney, the, the plaintiff attorney is going to put out extremist words like the bad word list. Your witness needs to counter when only when challenged with the more accurate and truthful, but also middle of the road words. Okay. Potentially, maybe, possibly, sometimes, not necessarily. Okay. These are good words. They're effective words. Again, most importantly, they're, they're, they're truthful. They are truthful. And you know, as we all know, that's a big battle. And these reptile depositions, that's the big battle. The, question, the questioner is doing everything they can to establish the rule book. And they want the witness on the yes train. Yes, 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 yes. That's phase one of reptile. Phase two of reptile is, well... <laughs> Let's go to the case facts. Let's look at your conduct in this case. And then the case facts are going to show, they're going to completely contradict the answers to the rule book questions. That, that, that contradiction is a big, big problem. And then, so that's phase two is the case facts. Then phase three is going to be the uh, blame questions. Liability, negligence, causation, well, you screwed up. <laughs> you violated the standard of care. You fell below the standard of care. You were negligent because you told me what the rules were. In this case, you violated your own rules. Therefore, you're guilty. That, my friends, is Reptile 101. That's actually just good lawyering. That's just good questioning. Remember, this stuff was goes well i mean th this was around well before reptile what reptile did was put this into a nice organized package with all these words there and this what the reptile folks did was they made a formula a recipe but this stuff what i am talking about goes way 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 back the reptile folks just kind of formalized it and worked in the whole safety uh you know danger risk harm angle on this thing but this goes way way back all right. And so what the witness needs to do as part of their now, listen, if you hire me, I'm trust me, I'm going to drill this into their head. But listen, you can't hire me on every case. So defense counsel, I just gave it to you. You can re-listen to the podcast, write down these bad words and have the witness memorize these. They're not hard to memorize. <clears throat> OK, and then you're going to practice questions with these words in them and train your witness not to say yes. They're going to say, I disagree or just no. And then afterwards, 
why do you disagree? Right? Then they're going to get challenged. And that's where they go to the good word list. Because my job is to do what's appropriate given the circumstances. My job is to do what's reasonable or sufficient depending on the situation. Here's my favorite. Every situation is different. I use my judgment. I use my training. I use my experience to make the appropriate decisions. That's a big, big battle. That's a battle that's going to go hours and hours and hours during the, the deposition. But that's how your witness is going to thrive. That's how my witnesses thrive. But boy, they have to really put, it's advanced training to get that into their head and then to practice that, to get their brain to understand these are threatening words. They may not be threatening in everyday life, but in depositions, these are threatening words. You just don't know it. Make sure those red flags go up. Make sure that your witness is able to detect these words. And, and then the witness brain is going to be like, aha, aha, I knew this was coming. I know exactly where to go. And then when challenged, they can go to the good word list and you know what? they can feel good about it. See, the problem with this type of training is that the brain is so hardwired to accept those bad words. Because the brain doesn't think they're bad words. So you get a rewire. I have to break that witness down neurocognitively, rebuild them neurocognitively so that they're processing these words very different and that they can give the accurate and more effective response with confidence and feel good about it. And that is very, very powerful for your witness. Hey, short podcast today, but I think a really uh, effective one. Um, thank you so much for participating. Another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. I am Dr. Bill Kanaski. See you.